Just a minute. I'm coming. FBI, open up! Just a minute. Hello, everybody. This is Legal Man. Welcome to the show. This is going to be a good episode. I'm going to look at the recent DOJ opinion letter saying that businesses can require you to take the vaccine, finding that that was so-called legal, even though it's under emergency use. For people who don't know me, I'm a lawyer. I've practiced for more than 30 years. I've been reading this kind of legalese horse shit. And I'm America's most trusted and beloved lawyer because I tell them the truth about what's in these documents and how the system works. I piss a lot of people off by doing that, but I don't see a lot of other options. There's no way to fix things unless you're told the truth about them. If you're trying to work on a system and a solution when you don't even understand the actual problem, it's never going to work. And I'm a self-certified master practitioner. I gave myself that title almost 20 years ago. So, all right, this show does run a little bit over. I know a lot of my shows do recently, but anyway, it does. So let's go ahead and get it started. So I thought I would do a show about the latest Department of Justice opinion letter that says that businesses can require people to take the vaccine despite the fact that it's under emergency use authorization. Of course, this follows on the heels of the EEOC basically saying the same thing and that Houston Methodist case that I also did a show about, which also said the same thing which are all exactly consistent with what I've told people since day one, which is if they think there's going to be protections from this stuff from the legal system, they're dreaming. They live in a fantasy land. See, the Supreme Court has already approved of putting tens of thousands of people into a camp during World War II. It's approved of forcibly sterilizing people. It's approved of mandatory vaccinations. The idea that the Supreme Court is ever going to protect your rights is, is silly. It's, what I try to explain to people is they don't understand the system. They're fundamentally lied to by both sides, and the constitutional conservatives do the most damage because they take the people who would love freedom and who want all the right things. They want freedom and a limited government, and they want these kind of things that make sense, and then they direct them off into the Constitution, which is a total dead end, and it's never going to work, and it's just a way to apply tyranny to you while you defend the people who commit the tyranny on you by pointing to this document and then talking about some imaginary fantasy land that has never existed and won't exist, but is supposed to exist under this document. And it's just a fundamental misunderstanding that this constitutional conservatives push, and that is that different parts of the government are checking themselves, is completely idiotic. I don't know how much more evidence can be heaped onto people than they've already seen, but it's become clear to me that most people are just simply unwilling to accept the reality because it's so scary and so hurtful to them at such a fundamental level. The brainwashing is so deep and it's been there for so long. They're trauma bonded to this government and they just cannot accept the concept that it's a fundamental lie and that the government is not their friend. But this DOJ opinion is particularly funny. Of course, it doesn't really actually hold any real legal weight. It's just a made-up thing. Uh, The fact that the Department of Justice has written a letter and stated their position, who cares? Who cares? Just a bunch of government cronies stating their position. See, it doesn't really have any effect 
outside of the fact that it gets used in the system. See, it gets used in the system by courts, businesses, other governmental agencies to point to it as though it's some kind of legitimate thing where it's not significantly different than me saying that I know it's true because I read it somewhere. Yes, I read it because I wrote it down and then I read it. It's that absurd, the idea that the taxpayers have to have an entire industry built up around them of lawyers that they pay to come and sue them all the time, both civilly and then to bring criminal charges against them of any sort they want, who face absolutely no risk at all, personally or professionally, for abusing the living shit out of your rights. And in fact, the vast majority of the time, the entity that is pushing for the constriction of your rights is the Department of Justice itself. And then they take it into these federal courts, which is just another arm of the government, and they argue about whether or not the government and how much the government should be able to constrict your rights. And that's all this is. I'm going to read a little bit of it because I think it's helpful for people to understand the utter absurdity of how this stuff is written and how it's just a slew of Barnum statements that are nonsense. And it's held up as though this is legitimate legal reasoning. So here's how it actually starts out. It's called a Memorandum of Opinion for the Deputy Counsel to the President. It says that Section 564 of the Food and Drug and Cosmetic Act, which is 21 U.S.C. Section 360 BBB-3. Does that give you an idea of how much stupid shit's inside here? BBB-3. <laughs> here's what it does. It authorizes the FDA to issue an emergency use authorization for a medical product such as a vaccine under certain emergency circumstances. This authorization permits the product to be introduced into interstate commerce and administered to individuals when FDA has not approved the product for more general distribution pursuant to its standard review process. Okay, so that's the first thing that they talk about how it's got emergency situations and circumstances and their standard stuff and that this is an exception. And so it says, Section 564 directs the FDA, to the extent practicable, given the emergency circumstances, and as the agency finds necessary or appropriate to protect the public health, to impose appropriate conditions on each EUA. <laughs> Did you hear that? Did you hear how many Barnum statements are in there and how this is just a perfect example of the fact that whatever it is they want to justify, they're going to be able to justify. Because you have this section that allows them to, quote, the extent practical, given the emergency circumstances, and, quote, as the agency finds necessary or appropriate to protect the public health, to impose a appropriate condition on each EUA. It would take an hour to go through all of those Barnum statements. Certainly anybody who understands it at this point can see that this is going to go wherever they want it to go. The issue of these EUAs and that people have been spending huge amounts of time running around and it's unconstitutional, it's crimes against humanity. I've been making podcast after podcast explaining this to people and I've been right every single time. And all the people who have taken the other side, they've all been wrong. It doesn't make any difference. They just keep going on and on and on because they believe a fundamental lie about the way the system works and the idea that the system is there to protect your rights. It's not. It's there as a ruse to give you the impression it's there to protect your rights while it actually provides a system to take your rights. 
<laughs> That's the entire system. And these EUAs are no different, see? The entire thing comes down to this concept that the FDA gets to put these appropriate sorts of conditions on this emergency use. And the condition they've put on there is that you have to be informed of certain things and be told that you have the option to refuse the administration of the product. Okay, well, what does that even mean? Informed of what, right? What is it? What are you informed of? <laughs> are you informed of all these other doctors? No. Are you informed of all the problems and the conflicts of interest to the FDA? And No. You're informed of whatever it is they care to inform you of because they're in charge of deciding what the relevant information is at the FDA that you're supposed to get. And what does it mean to have the option? Well, as I've told people since day one, it means that they're not going to hold you down and stick it in you yet. <laughs> That's all. That's all it means. It doesn't mean that you get to then keep your job or keep shopping at the store or do anything else. It just means that you're informed that you have an option. And if you choose not to take it, well, then there's going to be a consequence. And the consequence, it can be that, well, you can no longer go into your bank. You can no longer buy food at the store. You can no longer do whatever it is they choose. That's all perfectly legal under this so-called interpretation of this construct that they've created. And of course, this entire letter leaves out the fact that the FDA itself is totally unconstitutional. It leaves out the fact that all these businesses they claim are private. They get billions and billions, trillions of dollars worth of federal support. They get endless amounts of regulation in every other way that the government itself can force them to interview and hire trans people and gay people and black people or Jewish people and tell them that they've created a hostile work environment and the Department of Justice can come in and impose fines and sanctions and give the entire company an anal exam because of a bad email. But all those things are things the government can do, but it stays private, even though you have to comply with every one of them. I did a whole show going through all the different things that shows that these things aren't private. See, they're not private. But all of that is just, again, the same thing I tell people. All they're ever going to do in these things, and it doesn't matter if it's a DOJ opinion letter or if it's a case that the judges are deciding in federal court. They're simply going to import the official narrative. That's all they're ever going to do. And so when it doesn't become part of the official narrative, which is all of these doctors who've stepped forward and taken a lot of professional risks, well, they're not part of the discussion. See, the only thing that's part of it is whatever Dr. Fauci and these frauds in this government entity called the FDA and the CDC claim are the facts. That's it. There is nothing else. Nothing else comes in. See, so they can conclude the stuff all makes perfect sense because this opinion letter goes through this entire thing and it talks about how the FDA's authority under this statute rests upon this concept that they get to decide what is the information that the public needs to have before they take it. Okay, well, where does any of this come from? It comes from an amendment that was created in 2003 under the Bush administration after the 911 load of crap. They loaded all this crap in. Used to be this stuff had to be actually safe and effective and go through the entire thing before the 
FDA could approve it for use like this. The only other kinds of use were basically for investigative use. In other words, people who were trying to get the thing approved in some form or fashion. In other words, so you can go and run your trials and investigations because uh, there's no other way to run a human trial unless the FDA allows you to. So all of this stuff is totally under that. But then they changed it and they wrote this little amendment that says that they can do it to the whole public so long as there's a public emergency of some sort. And that, of course, is also 100% whatever the FDA itself thinks is an emergency. <laughs> uh, it's very funny to me, see, because when you look at the actual language of these types of things, it becomes clear as day as a lawyer like me reading decades and decades of the same utter horseshit that they spew out. But this idea of it has to be an emergency, this is what I told people a long time ago. One, there's no such thing as a declaration of emergency. It's totally unconstitutional at a federal level. But then what do you have? Then you have a statute that refers to the idea that there can be exceptions to these other statutes so long as there's actually an emergency. And one of the exceptions is that there's a national emergency. Well, of course, Trump declared this national emergency, started this Operation Warp Speed. And that's why it all traces back to him. All the emergency spending, the trillions and trillions of dollars, the Operation Warp Speed, all these things are what enable it all. And as I told people since day one of this thing, the problem is that if there had not been a Republican like Trump in there to do this, then all these people where you're seeing pushback and so-called resistance in red states, all that would have existed times 100 prior to the time that they sort of normalized masks and shutdowns. People never would have been okay with that. These red state Republicans and governorships and stuff like that, they never could have gotten away with it if there had been Hillary Clinton in there. Never would have happened. Because everybody would have seen it for what it was, a power grab, but because it was done by the conservatives, well, then it was no problem. And this is the problem with the game. This is why the constitutional conservatives do so much damage, because they drain off the people we need. And so let's look at what it means under this so-called statute to have a declaration of emergency, because this thing requires, see, this thing requires that there be no other kinds of treatments in order for there to be an emergency. Well, everybody knows that the ivermectin, the hydroxychloroquine, and all sorts of other things have been very, very effective in treating it. But that's why they've been suppressed and they weren't allowed and they were pushed down for so long because there's no emergency and you can't have an EUA if you've got other treatments. And this is on top of the idea that the whole thing is some kind of life-threatening thing, which of course is also not examined, even though it's got a better than 99% survival rate. They can still call it a life-threatening disease. See, because none of this stuff is ever challenged. But here's what they say in a footnote on page four when they're talking about. There's, I, I like the footnotes. I always read footnotes carefully in legal briefs because that's where you get a lot of the meat. And that's where you get a lot of stuff. They drop a number in the footnote and then they explain what's really going on. And here in this one, they're talking about what the exception of the emergency really means. And it's, it's a long paragraph, but I think it's probably worth reading it. So I'm going to read it. It says, the declaration under subsection B refers to a declaration by the secretary that the circumstances exist justifying an EUA, which must be made on the basis of one or more types of emergencies or threats. Okay, so the secretary decides based upon these threats. And the FDA can grant an EUA based on the totality of scientific evidence available to the secretary. 
<laughs> including data from adequate and well-controlled clinical trials if available. The FDA finds that it is reasonable to believe, among other things, that the product may be effective in diagnosing, treating, or preventing a serious or life-threatening disease or condition caused by a biological, chemical, radiological, or nuclear agent or agents. And this is a standard less onerous than the final for approval of the product. And that the known and potential benefits of the product when used to diagnose, prevent, or treat such disease or condition outweigh the known and potential risks of the product. And that there is no adequate, approved, and available alternative to the product for diagnosing, preventing, or treating such disease or condition. Did you hear how many Barnum statements are in this concept of an emergency that's sufficient for an EUA? And all of this stuff is 100% vested in these government agencies. And now we have this Department of Justice assessing the other de department, the FDA, and its assessment. And when, then if, when, and as it ever happens, it'll go to another section of the government known as judges who will also inspect it. And I've already showed you the Methodist case, how they've already approved it and went through the exact same analysis I knew they would. <laughs> See, this is why there's no chance in the system ever working and that some kind of detailed analysis of the facts is irrelevant. The only thing that matters is what is the government agency saying. And since Trump allowed uh, a fraud like Fauci to stay in there. And he's still in there. He's 80 years old. Why isn't he mandatorily retired? I've been asking for a year. I don't understand. Why are his conflicts of interest never checked out? How many times does the man have to flip-flop? Why can't he be sworn in for hours and hours and hours? It's like a real expert witness in a trial. Why? Why does none of it ever happen? Nobody calls for it. None of these red state governors, Trump never did it either, never brought up all these doctors who were taking these chances to their press conferences and allowed them to speak and go on the record. Why? You can see that once you have a law that's written like this and you have all these assumptions built in that there's no challenge to the FDA, there's no challenge to any of its facts, there's not even built into it. All the Department of Justice is doing is saying, did the FDA follow the so-called statute? There's no attempt to try to see whether the FDA itself is constitutional, whether or not any of the stuff they did was legitimate. No, all there is is an application of the official facts that the FDA provides against the official Barnum statement of bullshit that the law is. And not surprisingly, they come to the conclusion that it's fine and that it's legal, so-called. <laughs> And see, this is why I've known since day one, it's never going to be anything but this. Because that's the way the system is designed. It's designed to make sure that whatever they want as an outcome is easily justified under this language. And then what they have as additional things is they'll have a case that'll come up and they'll make a decision and then they'll use that case language, which is actually even one more level removed from the Barnum Statement language of the statute, which will simply be an interpretation of it. And then they'll use that as yet another plank in which to justify whatever it is they want to do. Hi, it's Legal Man. I hope you're enjoying the show. 
If you appreciate the unique insight and information I provide, then go over to my Patreon account for The Quash and become a member. I have bonus shows and material, early access, and it's a good place to meet like-minded people. I have people ask me all the time, what can we do, legal men? (laughs) Well, start by voting with your pocketbook. It's the only vote that really counts. Support things that tell people the truth. Getting people to understand the truth is the only solution we have to this insanity. Look, I get it. There are a lot of people who can't afford to support my show with money. But there are a lot of people who can. And if you can and you like the show, you should support it. That's what free markets look like. The people running this scam, they have unlimited funding. I don't have support of that system. In fact, I get harassed because I tell people the truth that they don't want the people to know. So we have to stick together. So go sign up. Now let's get back to the show. And then they'll use that case language, which is actually even one more level removed from the Barnum Statement language of the statute, which will simply be an interpretation of it. And then they'll use that as yet another plank in which to justify whatever it is they want to do. But it's been clear to me since day one that anything they want to do when it comes to this kind of vax, they're going to do. And all of these ridiculous claims about crimes against humanity and class actions are going to stop it and all this liability these people imagine is going to happen. None of this stuff's going to happen. See, none of this stuff's going to happen. It doesn't matter that the statute itself was written in a very, very questionable time period right after 9-1 run. They just happened to put it in. And then they started running it for a couple other things in small doses. And now they just unveiled this huge thing. In this opinion here, it talks about how there have been over 600 EUAs issued under this uh, ridiculous COVID nonsense for all this different horse shit that they're putting out. Over 600 of them. This is what you get now. When you just simply read this, I don't understand personally how anybody could be a lawyer, like actually a senior kind of lawyer, and be involved in the creation of a document like this and not see that they are committing just the worst kind of fraud on the American people. See, these people are not good actors. They're bad actors. They have to be because it's really not possible for me to get inside the mind of someone who thinks this is legitimate legal analysis of any sort. It's the most constricted box inside a box inside a box inside a box that you look at that little teeny tiny box in there and you say, well, see, it all makes sense in there. And you just ignore what they're supposed to be. The entire name of their organization is the Department of Justice. Is anything about this just? Is anything about anything they do just? Is it ever any part of their analysis? No. See, it's not. It's just a sort of navel-gazing absurdity that the people then believe and that constitutional conservatives accept this stuff on face value. And they don't question the underlying things that need to be questioned. And I'm just telling people again and again, if you don't understand the way the system actually works, you're never going to get out of this box. And until people understand the way this system works, we have no chance. We have no chance because inside this system, this absurd constitutional statutory scheme system that they've created, where only they sit in judgment of themselves and their own power and everything else, it's never going to work. It's never going to work. They're using against the people in this case 
the laws that were written by the so-called Republicans who are supposed to be the savior of our so-called team against the, the blue team that's in charge now. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. It can never work. It can never work. And as a side note in this opinion, they also went and talked about whether or not the military could be required to take this vaccine, even under EUA. And there's an exception in there that simply says that, yes, they can be made to take it so long as the president puts in writing basically an executive order, says that this needs to happen and that national security would be threatened. That's it. And then you have to take it if you're near armed services. So all these people who think that's going to protect, it's not going to. They can just write it down. See, everything's just a matter of they just write it down and then they just say, well, it's constitutional. Why? Because they said it's constitutional because they're the ones in charge. And so this is the kind of circular nonsense that passes for analysis. And this is what the red versus blue argument out in social media is it's even one step removed from even this nonsense and this is why i say these constitutional conservatives who run around and pretend to be constitutional conservative lawyers or pundits they just they so mislead their audiences it's mind-bending honestly and until people are willing to be honest about what we're dealing with here that we are dealing with a criminal organization calling itself government and everybody who operates inside it is guilty as hell, and they all need to go to prison for the rest of their lives. Until people start accepting that, nothing's going to change. If you think you're going to get results through voting, you're not going to. You're not going to. Donald Trump, he initiated this whole thing. He enabled the whole thing. Without him, none of this can happen. None of it can happen. (laughs) None of the states could possibly survive these ridiculous lockdowns and all the costs if it wasn't for the fact that the federal government's handing him a trillion dollars a month in order to keep the stupid piece of crap running. None of that happens without the declaration of emergency. The declaration of emergency itself is unconstitutional. There's nothing in the Constitution permits Congress to do it. It's just another statute they wrote. It's just levels and levels and levels and levels of deception at all times. And that's why I try to tell people that this concept that you're going to take it back through this long process of voting and getting the right people. It's complete fantasy because, see, the people in power, they only need to win once. You have to win every single day over and over and over and over against every kind of attempt they have to take your rights. Every single one you have to win over and over and over. It's impossible, see, because you're not being paid. You can't do it full time. They have your money taken at gunpoint to hire the people who then spend 24 hours a day trying to take your rights (laughs) and writing different little ways, a thousand little cuts. They're being paid full time. It's their job. They have nothing to lose. They risk nothing personally at all. Even when they roll out of their government, they roll into a private sector deal where they do the same thing. That's all being financed through these tax exemptions and and funds and grants. And it's it's absurd. You're never going to win under this system. That's all. And people, they don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear that. They want to hear this idea that they, if they just can donate to the Republican uh, National Committee or some other stupid thing that they think's there and that they can run the right guy in office, in other words, they can make a few phone calls and tell some people, and that'll be enough. And they want to live in that fantasy world because the reality that that's not going to do it, that the system has to be dissolved and massively decentralized, most people don't want to hear it. They don't, they don't want to face it for a million different reasons. And that's why my show is just really not popular, because despite the fact that I'm right, 
<laughs> and it's irrefutable. And what I predict actually works. And what they say doesn't work, and they're wrong all the time. They're always constantly having to explain why it is this time was an exception and why they are actually right, even though their predictions are all wrong each time and never work, is because people like that. See, they like that idea. They think that's being positive. And I don't see that as being positive. See, I don't see that as being positive. If you, is, it, is it a good thing to do to tell a cancer patient that they're fine, nothing's going to happen to them? Is that a fair thing to do with someone? Or is it fair to let them decide for themselves how they want to spend their time if they only have a limited amount left? See? Well, which is fair? Do you want to be told the truth? Most people don't want to be told the truth. I want to be told the truth. The small group of people who like my show and support my show, I appreciate them because they actually care about truth and they don't care just to repeat silly slogans. And that's what constitutional conservatives do. I've proved it beyond any possible doubt. So, and like I said, this FDA uh, stupid letter from the DOJ saying what they're doing is okay. It's just more proof. It's just more proof. So... I knew the show would run over because it's impossible to take these types of things apart. And believe me, I just skipped over vast majority of it. But trying to explain to people the way it's constructed, the so-called legalese that they use, it takes time. That's all. It just takes time. So, so that's all I'm going to say about it. But I want to thank the people who are in Patreon who support my show. They have a lot of integrity for doing that because... It takes a long time to make the show, and my show is very unique. That's just a reality, and I appreciate the people who support my show. And you can uh, follow me on Twitter if you want. I'm Legal Man at U.S. Law Review, and you can listen to my public shows. I've got a lot of public shows out there, and they explain the way the system actually works, and anybody can go back and look and see how right I've been and how wrong these other fucking people have been. They've just been wrong over and over, and all they do is make excuses. I don't have to make excuses for my position because my position is correct. My position works. You can use my systems and you can predict exactly what will happen because I actually analyze the real system. And for people who don't know it, I've been cast as uh, Mr. Jones on a indie film written by Larkin Rose and we're gonna film in September. And I'm really looking forward to it. I'm gonna come out from behind the veil because I think it's worth it. And I hope people support that project. I really do. It's out early next year, and we're going to have a YouTube series talking about the making of it released, I think, while the thing's in production, at least shortly thereafter, so sometime early this fall. I hope people support that, too. So, alrighty. Well, I hope this show was helpful. Hope you guys enjoyed it. I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up. You guys have been a great audience as usual. Everybody have a nice night or day, wherever you are. Take care. Thank you, everybody. Let's put your hands together one more time for Legal Man.